we've got a great number of kids. For kids camp Friday night, I counted about 23 kids. That's a good place to go, wow. You know, like, ooh, 23 children, and, and I think they were all under grade five. We have a congregation of just over 100. So more than a quarter of our population is children. Did you notice this morning children up front here? We encourage the children to be a part of our body. Jesus said when the children came, he's, and the disciples got upset, and they said, don't let the kids do, and Jesus said, no, suffer the children. Let them come, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And there's something amazing when children are involved. Have you ever asked a child something, and they just answer the first thing that comes to their mind? You know, like, do I look good today? And they'll look at you and go, oh, not too bad. And it's like, but there's something about children that we love. There's something about family that we love. And it doesn't mean the kids run like crazy. There is order. But there's also an aspect that the children get to worship. And there's, one day I might actually dance with some of these kids. Because they just, they just enjoy worship. And then we get old and we get starchy. So I just love our kids. I love our families. Amen. Children, you may be dismissed. I'll just finish this for you, Pastor Daniel, because I know you were getting a little worried about the order of this. He's not OCD. Justin, do you want to come up here for a moment? I want to read you something, and then, uh, and then Justin has, has something that God gave him. But I'd, I'd like to read this f- to you this morning. This is uh, from the, the material that we're doing for our life groups. I mean, sorry, for our men to man and our ladies' Bible study. So I want to read this because, to me, this is the material that we're handling in the man to man and the ladies' Bible study It will motivate you, it will encourage you, it will grip you. Um, So I want to read this to you. Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Stop pointing out problems. I didn't say that extra loud, but stop pointing out problems. Become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past. Start creating the future. Face your fears and fight for your dreams. Grab opportunity by the mane and don't let go. Live like today is the first day and last day of your life. Burn sinful bridges, blaze new trails. Live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase 
the lion. And I want to encourage you men, the women have done the first one, come out Tuesday night, you will get, there's a motivation and there's something inspiring that's, that's in this book, and I've read the book, and I've read many of the books by this author, and it's, what I personally really enjoy is these things that he shares and the dreams that he shares are current. They're not from 25,000 years ago. They're not from 10,000 years ago. They're not 2,000 years. They're, they're current. They're from now. And these are people that live and breathe today that are chasing after a dream that God's given them. And miracles happen. People who've quit their jobs to follow after God's, what God's given them. And I'm not saying you quit your job, but what I'm saying is you start chasing what God has put inside of you. And, it, and the miracle, miracles happen when you go beyond yourself. Faith happens when you take a step beyond what you can control. Because you don't need faith if you can control it. You need faith when you're taking a step beyond. So I want to encourage you, this material is very good and you will be enriched and grow from it. Um, during worship this morning, Justin came to me and he had um, a word that God gave him and uh, I'd like, I've got a word this morning as well, but I wanted Justin to share it first and then we, I will share what God has given me. Um, so the first uh, word I got, and uh, it was that uh, things are going to start to change for you, that new things are going to be happening, and you, you have to, and you're going to have to embrace that. Um, a lot of times, when something new happens and, and change comes, we start instantly start saying, "Oh, I wish it was this, the same old, same old." You know, I wish we were back there. Um, you know, when Moses brought the Israelites out of. Egypt and they were in the desert, as soon as they all got there, they started complaining and they were wishing that they were back in Egypt and, you know, that they were back in this slavery and they weren't looking forward to what God was going to have for them. They were kind of stuck in what they used to have. And uh, I felt like God was just saying, you know, you have to let go of the old things. You have to let go of the old way of doing something and you have to get ready for the new things that God is going to have for you. And it's not to completely forget the past and reject it. It's to remember the past, but it's not to get stuck there. You need to keep moving forward. Um, and that God was going to give you just new strategic ways to do things, things uh, you maybe have something on your heart that you've wanted to do for a long time and you haven't been able to figure out how to do it. God is going to give you strategies on how to accomplish that, and he's going to move you into this new area. Um, and the second thing was uh, I saw somebody, and they were being a... Uh, They were being wrapped in this, this absolutely, it was, uh, it was this, this, the most beautiful garment I've ever seen. And it was like the shining, brilliant garment. And they were being wrapped and cloaked in it. 
and uh, as that was happening, the old tattered garment that they were wearing was, was taken off of them, and they were given this new one. And God was just embracing that person, and, and he was hugging them, and he was just kissing them on their cheeks. And as he was doing that, he was just whispering in their ears how much he loves them, how important they are to him. And that they are just so special. And, and I saw that as this new cloak was being put on them, all these insecurities and this doubt that the other cloak carried were just being taken away. And all of a sudden, this new boldness and this peace were just resting on this person. And God was just taking off what the insecurities that, that they've had for years that they've been carrying, whether it's something that they didn't realize or something that they've been told. And God's just taking that away from you. And he's giving you this new boldness and this new peace. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And God told Justin that that was for two specific individuals. And... Uh, I asked Justin to come up early because I told him I believe God was going to show him who they were. So what I'd like to do, we're not going to call you up or anything, but what I'd like to do is just pray for two for those individuals. If you identified with that at all, and you might not have identified with it, that's fine. I'm just going to pray, and we're going to seal that word in the hearts of those that heard it. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving and directing and speaking. So, Lord, I just take those words and I seal them as arrows that went straight to the heart of the matter. And we agree with them and we seal them right now in the hearts of the individuals that you targeted. In your precious name, amen. Can you turn in your Bibles to Joel chapter 2? I want to read a few couple passages of Scripture for you this morning, and then I've got some words that the Lord gave me. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Do you know when the disciples were walking around on the earth, the only book they had when they referred to the Scriptures was the Old Testament? And much of that was, most of that was the five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That was the most. That, that was the Torah or the law. They did have some others, but the most of what they had. So when they refer to the scriptures in the Bible, they often are referring to the Old Testament and the Old Testament being mostly the five books of the law. I find it interesting because sometimes we get this thinking that the Old Testament is irrelevant. But I would suggest to you that the New Testament is built on the Old Testament and everything in the scripture is relevant. And when you look in the Old Testament, what you'll see in the Old Testament is um, some people refer to it as the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. 
In other words, you don't know it exactly, but it's in the New, the New Testament, is in the Old Testament concealed. And then when you get into the New Testament, the Old Testament's in the New Testament revealed. So you read a new, the New Testament, and it's amazing how many scriptures are quoted from the Old Testament. It's amazing. It's phenomenal how many scriptures from the Old Testament are brought and spoken of in the New Testament. And this one that we're reading today, this first one here, is actually rehearsed and spoken of in the New Testament. And we're going to look at that as well. But first I want to start in Joel chapter 2. And I want to read verse 28. And this is God speaking through the prophet Joel. And it says, and it will come about after this that I will pour my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And I just want to look at that passage, because this week, I want to concentrate on young men will see visions. Because this week, I had a vision. It might be called a dream, but I don't think I'm an old man yet, so I'm going to stay with the young men will see visions part. But I'm just thankful that he didn't say young men will do something completely different, and then it's like, okay, I guess I'm an old man. No, so God gave me a dream this week, and I want to share it with you. I've been asking God for dreams. I've been asking God to speak to me, because there's about eight hours of the day where I'm not busy doing anything else except sleeping. And he can speak to me in my sleep. And quite frankly, I think when we sleep, there's, so, there's less interference that our spirit can actually hear more and understand more and commune more when we're sleeping. So I've been asking God for dreams. I, I don't get a lot of dreams, but when I get them, I seem to remember them. I had one dream a number of years ago when I woke up, it shook me so hard, I started to cry. And it wasn't bad, it was just so overwhelming. And, that, and, and I'll just share you just very quickly. In that dream, there was somebody who was just laughing, giving away vehicles. And, 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 and that person just laughed, and, and they had an old truck, and this one fella loved old trucks, and this person who was kind of the main object in that dream was just laughing and just saying, here, you want it? Here you go. And he was just giving the keys, and, and this individual was just giving away ridiculous things to people. And that person wasn't God. That person was an individual. And that just shook me. I've had dreams, and they just stick with me. And it's funny because other dreams I get, I wake up, and, and I forget them. But it just seems like something happens when God speaks to me that, that I remember them. So I'm starting to recognize when God speaks. And I would suggest to you, just as a simple, simple way of recording God's voice and when he speaks. If you get an impression or a dream through the night, write it down. Even if you don't know if it's a pizza dream or if it's a God dream. Write it down, and if you want, submit it to one of your pastors. 
and say, am I going in the right direction here? I don't know for sure. And, and that's how you learn to recognize God's moving. A number of years ago, about 15 years ago, I really started to sense the Holy Spirit moving on me. 15 to 20 years ago. I've, I've known Him moving on me before. But I started to recognize in Sunday morning services, we would worship and I couldn't stand still. And during worship, I would just be just moving. I, I couldn't stand still. And I didn't understand it at first. And then I talked with Pastor Nelson. I said, this is, and, and he says, David, what's happening is the Spirit's moving inside of you. And he's, and he's starting to birth something in you. And I recognized from then on, when that was happening, I started to recognize what God was going to do. So this morning as I share, I want to encourage you, some of you get dreams. If you actually look in the Bible, a whole lot of communication that God gives people is through dreams. Jacob's ladder, remember that one? Do you know that was a dream? That was a dream that Jacob had. And yet it was so vivid and so real to him. Ezekiel, he gets a vision from God. A wheel within a wheel that's turning. That was a vision or a dream. There's some dreams where God actually takes the individual and he takes them from one place and he puts them in another area. So you may have a dream that makes complete sense and makes complete nonsense. And it's amazing how God can move. And so God gave me a dream this morning or this week and I shared it with, with Pastor Winona. I shared it with her and she felt like, wow, that was... And, and so she encouraged me. See, she said, you know, I think, I think we need to let the church know because sometimes the dreams are for the person. But I felt very strongly as well that it wasn't just for me. In fact, I felt the whole dream was for, for other people. And I didn't see one individual to receive. I saw many people being able to grab hold of this because I believe there's some prophetic utterance or prophetic thought in the dream. This passage in Joel 2.28 is also in Acts. When the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost and the disciples and those people that were in the upper room, which was about 120 people, started to speak in other languages and in other tongues. Some of them were speaking in languages that people could understand, and some of them were speaking in language that people couldn't understand because people thought they were drunk. And it's in that context that Peter said, listen, guys, what's happening here is what actually is talked about in Joel. So there's an aspect of an overwhelming or an influence or even, I don't know, uh, I'd actually I don't know the proper word, but it correlates to being drunk. Inebriated? I actually said that right? Okay. With the Holy Spirit. There's something that happens when God falls on you 
that may affect how you physically look or behave. It's not to be made fun of, but it's something that, that if you can imagine the power of God landing in a vessel like this, a finite vessel, and you get the infinite power of God, something's going to give. And it's usually me. Now, it does say that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So you learn how to handle or how to house or how to work with the spirit. So when I first few times in worship when I couldn't figure out was what my spirit was learning and Pastor Nelson helped me and I understood and I started to learn how to recognize the spirit moving. I walked in this morning at about 5 to 10. Worship was being played. The, the musicians were practicing. And I walked in, and it was like I walked into a room where the presence of God was already here. And part of that is I can recognize that. Part of that is because I've learned to recognize when God's moving. I've learned to hear His voice, and I'm still learning. I don't have it all figured out. And just when you think you do, God changes the landscape and he throws a curveball in there and he goes, no, this is what I want. So Peter in, in Acts is saying, explaining this, and he says, we're not drunk as you suppose, but this is what's spoken about in the prophet Joel. So there may be services, there may be times here at Solid Rock when God moves and we can't explain it apart from saying, that's God. That's God. What happened? All I know is God came, and he poured out his spirit, and he affected us, and he touched lives. And it's all about God touching lives. It's not about me getting a fuzzy feeling. It's not about me acting where it's about giving God glory and recognizing what he does. And so Peter, in the book of Acts, explains that well. I'd like you now to turn in your Bibles to Job. We went from Joel to Job, and Job is just before Psalms. Those of you still are, I, I don't use my Bible as much as I used to because I have my app on my phone and so I use it a lot but I still there's something about turning pages and even reading books that is kind of there's just something nice about feeling a book actually they say books are starting to rise again in sales just I do more than just read the Bible and and that they just said the the Apps like Kindle and some of those are, are successful, but it's almost like they've hit a point and now they're finding that book sales are starting to surge again. And there's just something about getting around a book, turning the pages. So I want to read this passage from Job. And it's, it's a passage that you might not think connects with Joel, but what I want to do is I want to put that down and then I want it to leapfrog from this passage. And in this passage, Job 
Job has friends that nobody wants. And it's like, man, if I had friends like Job had, I'd be saying, God, help me. But have you ever had somebody who tries to come and help you out and all they do is like, they're a wet blanket? And Job has had this catastrophic disasters happen to him and his family. And his friends come around and they start consoling him. So preaching from Job is very difficult. Because you get, sometimes you get man's perspective on how God does things and it's not the way God does things. So sometimes in Job, you have to be careful. It is, it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. But what you have to do is you have to see how God answers and how God responds to those thoughts. And in this particular passage, one of the, the guys is speaking to Job, and, and he, he makes this statement in verse 28, Joel 22, 28. And I want to read this statement. And he's talking about you and I, or, or mankind. And he's talked about God, and now he's talking about mankind. And, and in verse 20, we'll start in verse 27, he says, You will pray to him, and he will hear you. That's correct. That's good theology. And you will pay your vows. You will decree a thing, and it will be established for you, and light will shine on your ways. There is power in your decree. There is a power that happens when you speak something and say something. Words are powerful. Never diminish the value or the power in spoken words. Now I have eight brothers I'm number six. And when I get around my brothers, they still remind me of that. But as a kid, I was six years old and I knew God had called me to be a pastor. I remember the day dancing around the kitchen listening to the Glovers on a record player. Yes, I knew what a record player was. And listening to the Glovers... And as I was dancing around that table with my mom, and I might have even been younger than six because I don't think I was in school at the time, I remember, just like I'm speaking to you now, I remember a voice saying, David, I want you to be a pastor. I remember it. I sat down and I stopped and I looked at my mom and I said, Mom, Jesus just told me I'm going to be a pastor. So I remember that. And as I grew up, I lived like that. I, I, I was called goody, goody, two-shoes. Have you ever heard that phrase? And he's just a goody, goody, two-shoes. They said that about me. I had a brother who we called the black sheep. I had a brother who we called the daredevil. I had, and, and what happened is we made names or labels and we spoke them over each other. And what was amazing is I grew up with this label that I was a goody-goody two-shoes and I actually tried to do things to prove them wrong, even though I knew they were right. 
So be careful the words you speak because the Bible says you decree a thing and it will be established. Whether it's positive or it's negative, there's power in what you decree. That's why I will speak words of life over my kids, over my grandchildren. I will speak words of life over every child in this body. Because we have world changers here. We have people that are going to find answers to cancer. We're going to, find, we're going to have people here are, who are going to rise up in politics and lead countries and lead cities. We have people here who are going to be lawyers who are going to understand the law with such a genius ability that they're going to speak to things that other people can't. Why? Because we speak words of life and we decree that over our children. I speak that over my wife and over my family and over my marriage. I speak that over over my career. I speak that over my money. I speak that over my garden. Literally. I walk in that garden and I say, you're going to grow. Well, why wouldn't I? We have chickens. I don't go in the chicken coop and go, here chickens, don't lay any eggs today. I go in there and I say, here, chick, here, chicky, here, how many eggs do you have today? What are you speaking? What are you decreeing? What are you putting into action? When you sow, one of the definitions of the word sow is to set in motion. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about life. I have seen people set in motion misery. I've seen people set in motion happiness. There are some people I'm around that all they do is make me laugh. And it's not because they're... <laughs> Monique... There are some people that I get around and all they do is inspire me. Why? Because they set in motion inspiration. They set in motion good things. I've been around some people that I walk away and it's like I feel like, ugh. What I've learned is I don't hang around those people too much. So what are you decreeing today? I'm going to tie this together because I believe God gave me a dream or a vision. But he gave me something and I want to decree some words over you this morning. So are you ready to receive that? So I'd like to share with you what I saw. I had a dream on October the 11th. As I had this dream, and if you want, you can close your eyes because you might be able to envision it a bit. I was walking in an open area like a field. And as I was walking, I didn't see people, but people were with me. I didn't see fa faces. I didn't, I didn't see 
a body, but I just knew people were around me. And as I was walking, all of a sudden I'd come across this mound, almost like a billboard size. And as I looked at it, I'd see words just kind of flying off the page. And if you can imagine TV where they, they have something and it's almost like a page being ripped and, and moving. And, and as I looked at that, in an instant, I saw a person's life in words. And in that, I saw words like frustration. I saw their disappointments over things that didn't work out. I saw their excitement about things that worked out and happened the way they planned. And as I saw this, it happened in a moment, in an instant. But in that moment and in, in, in that instant, I just saw page after page. And they were just words, just one word. It wasn't a whole story. But from that word, their story came to life. And I'd go from there and then I'd keep walking. And all of a sudden, I'd come across another billboard or this mound and it wasn't derogatory and it wasn't embarrassing what it was was it was actually giving people it was a picture of somebody's life and there was another mound and I saw these words flying off their their pleasures their successes their failures and I saw this as I was walking through and this happened a number of times, not once, not twice, but a number of times. And that's why I believe it wasn't just for one individual. And as I was walking through this, I was just amazed at the quickness and the certainty of what God was doing. And I saw people's lives. Their stories, if you could use that word. Their stories. And the hurts and the failures, and the successes, and the joys. And I had this. And then all of a sudden, God said, five years. I thought, well, that's... Where does that fit in? And in my vision, in my dream, I was talking with God... And he just reiterated five years. And this morning, I believe there's some of you here. You've been chasing something for years. And some of you, it literally may be five years. I shared this with somebody, and I did not know it. I know the person, but I didn't do the math. And I found out five years ago, God gave them a vision and a dream and and. And I didn't know that. But there's some people here this morning that you've been hurt. You feel like the last number of years has been like treading water, taking three steps forward, taking three steps back. You feel like, you know what, I thought I made progress only to get that door slammed in my face and now I'm even more frustrated than I was before. But I'm here to tell you that when God said five years, He said, enough. He told me 
It was finished. He said, that is over with. That is now past. And that there was newness happening. So I had that dream. And I believe it's for some of you here this morning. I couldn't get the number five out of my mind because I didn't know if it was exactly for five years or what. So I took some time to look this, this word five up. And in the Hebrew language, five is a very important number. You'll find out the Hebrew language is a language built on numbers and pictures. And the number five means grace. God is extending His grace. And some of you said, it will never happen. Some of you have just thrown up your hands and said, forget it. Some of you have felt like you've exhausted all your avenues. You've exhausted all of your do-overs. You've exhausted all of those things. You've exhausted all your favors. And I'm here to tell you, there is grace for you today. That you will have a new day. And there's going to be new words flying off the page. Happiness, joy, fulfillment, pleasure. That word five in the Greek or in the Hebrew also means in the letter, in the Hebrew language, the fifth letter means hey. And that picture of that word is actually used quite often in the word behold. Lo. Or reveal. Or look. So this morning I am decreeing over you. I'm decreeing a prophetic word over you. Everyone that's seated here, you have the ability to receive this word and to grab it and hold on to it. And this morning I'm decreeing over you, the past is past. And behold, ho, it's a new day. It is a new day. And time has passed and you might feel like you've been beaten up. You might feel like you're unworthy. You might feel like you've wasted it all. I'm saying no. Today is a day of grace. Today is a day of the future. Today is a day where you will look back and say, that was a day God met me. He spoke to me and my future was changed because the grace of God. So Justin had a word this morning. He had it for a couple specific people. God actually showed him at least one of those persons. This morning, there's some of you sitting here. It may literally be a five-year. But I'm also here to tell you, I believe it's not just a five-year thing. I believe God wants to give His grace you look at the word five, 
Five books, the Torah, the law. David had five stones. The anointing was comprised of five ingredients. It's amazing. Sometimes you think you can overdo studying numbers and stuff like that or what words significant, but it's amazing the significance of how God does things. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm here to decree over you that it is over. It's a line in the sand and grace has been extended to you and that you are now able to move forward. Now some of you may understand this. Some of you may feel like it hit you here and you can't explain it. If anybody here identifies with this, can I ask you to stand? And, and I'm not asking everybody to stand, but if somebody here just says, you know what, I can identify with that and I receive that, I'd like you to stand and I want to pray for you. And if you're not standing, that's fine. What I'd like you to do is if you could stretch forth your hand in confirmation and in agreement with those this morning. Um, as um, my dad was talking about his dream, um, I saw a pen. And um, I just feel like um, the pen, the Lord is rewriting your future. He's changing your trajectory. Your future won't be like your past. What the past was like, your future is now going in a different direction. The line's been drawn, and he's rewriting it. And he's changing it. Amen. Just reach your hands up to receive. I've asked God to give me more prophetic words. I believe that's something that is a powerful, powerful thing in the, in the house of God. I don't take this lightly. But if you're standing up, I am expecting... I'm expecting something to change. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you speak in amazing ways. And this morning I stand on the authority of your word and as your son and as your slave and as your servant and as a shepherd and I decree the past is past and I establish a new future. I speak that over everyone here. Newness. Newness. Fluidity of thought. Renewing vision, excitement for the day, new vision for dreams, new excitement for those things that you thought were wasted, gone, and finished. 
I declare and I decree the goodness of God over you and the heartache that you've had and the sadness that you've had and the pain that you may have experienced is now finished and over. And I decree a light that shines brighter than the sun will lead you and guide you. And you will see with greater eyesight. You will see with vision that you've never seen before. You will speak words that you haven't used before. You will walk in an authority that you haven't known before. You will have confidence in the God who saves, the God who redeems, the God who is and was and will be. I release that on you in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing, an amazing week.